You're listening to Canada Reads American Style, the only podcast by two librarians from Michigan who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our hosts, tech guru, baker, and historical romance reader Shauna, and content provider, dog lover, and nonfiction and realistic fiction reader Rebecca. Hello, and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. I'm Shauna. And I'm Rebecca. And as a former youth librarian, I have always adored children's picture books. And even though I haven't held that title for many years, I'm still an enthusiastic reader of them. Today, I am particularly excited to chat with Nellie Boucher, who authored my favorite book of 2020 and into 2021, Cat, Dog, Dog, The Story of a Blended Family. Welcome, Nellie. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And actually, Nellie is coming to us from Berlin today. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I just love how technology makes this all completely possible. So let's get started. According to the back of the dust jacket, you've had an eclectic career path. So can you tell us a little bit about your non-book background first, where you were born, where did you go to school, et cetera? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in Paris, France. Um, my mom is American, so we always spoke English at home, and we watched a lot of Sesame Street and read a lot of books, so I'm not sure if I ever had a non-book background to tell you about, but, <laughs> <laughs> and I went to school, I went to college in Montreal at McGill, and at McGill I studied philosophy and drama, and then I moved to New York and did some more acting there. And ended up in Los Angeles for a few years, uh, acting on a couple TV shows. And now I'm in Berlin. I just moved. Basically, when the pandemic hit, I left the states, and I um, am now working as a scriptwriter and actor in uh, Berlin. Oh gosh, um, you might want to mention because I when I looked at your bio, you were in a show that was a, quite a big title uh, in the States, um, if you want to mention that one that you worked in. I, I was on Big Little Lies on HBO. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And I don't blame you for getting the heck out of the United States <laughs> when the getting was good. Let's face it, we we didn't do as well as some other countries did, I guess, when it came to the pandemic. So now, can you describe Cat, Dog, Dog, what the story's about? And then I'm curious, how did you come up with the idea and did you know from the beginning that would that it would have so few words, which I think is the magic of the story? Well, it's so funny that you say that because I, I was describing it to someone, I think yesterday, and I completely forgot to say that it only had, you know, I think five words or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. So that is a, that I think makes it memorable for sure. And I mean, that's how it came into my mind. So I never wrote it any other way. And. Cat Dog Dog, Story of a Blended Family is, it's really the story of three pets and what happens when their owners move in together. So the one of the dogs and the cat live with their mom and then the other dog lives with her dad and the, the, the dad and the mom uh, get together and move into one house. So it's, I like to think it's funny <laughs> and it, it's addressing these kind of you know, serious topics for kids of, of a new family and step siblings, step parents and the experience of bonding that occurs, but using these animal analogs to explore the ups and downs of 
of that journey. And I mean, I wrote it because, and as I said, it really came into my mind with just those words, cat, dog, dog. And it happened. I remember I was, I was trying to go to sleep one night and my, I had a dog, a dog and a cat clearly. And the dynamics actually had really changed with the animals because one of the, the dog was actually sick. So my older dog was not doing so well and he was usually the alpha. And so the dynamics were completely changing and it was just really interesting to see them actually all kind of come together. The cat got a little bit more boisterous and the big dog was always just a love bug. So it was really when I was trying to sleep and I had my big dog with me as usual. And then a little scratch on the door, I go to the door it's the little cat who usually didn't hang out with us. So he came and sat on the bed. I don't know why, but I accepted him. And then we had another scratch on the door and it was my older dog. And the older dog and the cat were never got along. And then suddenly they were all sleeping in my bed. And of course, I'm the only one who didn't get any sleep that night. <laughs> but they were, you know, it was, there they were, cat, dog, dog. And, and I basically, you know, much like I don't know, Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein, I, I kind of wrote it in my head that night and then woke up and um, wrote it that morning. That is just amazing because I wish I had the talent to be an author. That's why I, I read books because I just think authors are such, they do such magical things. But that's incredible that you had that experience where just, you know, those, the animals moving in the way they did. And then you just had that in your head. That's just, I just don't even know how that works. It's incredible. Well, I think so. we all have a different, you know, different ways of interpreting the world. And the way I do it clearly seems to be some kind of visual kind of movie-like experience because with cat, dog, dog, that's exactly what happened. I saw it as a this little movie in my head. And it made me laugh, so I thought maybe it would make someone else laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, that's what I love about this book. Anytime, it, it, first of all, it's beautifully illustrated. It's yeah. a, a creatively, you know, the, like I say, the, the illustrations, but the words, it's just so brilliant. It's so simple and brilliant, and it is absolutely funny. So if anybody, anybody out there who's listening has not gotten a copy yet, please run out and get a copy ASAP and read it because you're just, you're just going to fall in love and you're going to want to share it with every child in your life, everyone that you know. I promise that. So now I like to get into the specifics because as a youth librarian, I know a little bit about how the publishing world works for youth authors and illustrators uh, because we used to always have people come in who just uh, everybody thinks they have a children's book in them, that it's just so simple <laughs> to just write a book. Yeah. And in fact, I just have to say on TikTok one time, this guy did this video where he said, here's how easy it is to get a children's book published. And I said, wow. Okay. My comment was something like, yeah, I think that good authors and illustrators are turning over in the grave right now. Like, yeah, I can't even believe mm -hmm. you said that. And I ended up with something like over a thousand likes, right? you know, because everybody who knows understands what it takes to get a good book published. So my question is, how long did it take you to find a publisher? So you had this great idea, then what happened? And then I was curious, did you have an illustrator in mind or did the publisher choose Andrea? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying with that TikTok video because I'm, I have to say just my immediate community, they don't get it. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. I mean, they usually, <laughs> on the younger side, because I think the, the kids book world is a little bit of an, I don't know, people, illustrators I see tend to be, can be in their twenties, but I'm not, I'm not seeing too many authors 
in their around my age. So they just kind of like flip through and they go, oh, cute. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you try to make it cute too, you know. <laughs> Thank you for that. But well, the way it worked with, with Cat Dog Dog is so I wrote it the next day. And then so we basically had it uh, with extensive illustration notes because it was very clear in my mind. And I think without the illustration notes, it basically risked having making no sense so even though we did have one editor ask for no illustration notes because she she didn't she appreciated the what she called poetry of it which i really also appreciated um but i wasn't sure that without this illustration these illustration cues it would make sense to people so we we started sending it out uh after it was christmas so i had to wait which was not what i felt like doing but i had to wait until january and then we just sent it out and uh it was really at, at the Bologna book fair that we got my agent got more more attention for it and people were really interested and then we sent it to I have the same agent as Andrea Zool so that's how my agent just proposed to her and she really loved it so she she made a dummy and then and then we basically had a best bids auction and eventually the offer was was coming from Penguin Random House. So you, because you've written other books, correct? Because you, that's yep. why you had an agent at this point. So that's how, that's how you made that transition pretty quickly into making it from idea to. Yeah. I was lucky book. to have a, I had an agent and I, I knew Andrea. So it was my agency is a hen and ink literary. So it was, it was really cool because I, I knew Andrea's work. She had done uh, wolf camp, which it's such a great story and it, it features a dog. So I, I loved her, you know, the expressions that the amount of expression she can fit into such a, you know, it's not, it's a two dimensional artistic form. And yet she manages to make it come alive, like, like a movie. So amazing what she can do. So the, the kind of social emotional learning that she can portray just like with her illustrations, blew me away so that's how yeah it was really happy to have andrea on board so this next question i think probably it makes sense because you knew her and you had this relationship but i wondered if children's authors and illustrators collaborate and have editing input with each other were were you able to say yes i like that or no could it go in a little slightly different direction did you have some did you have some ability to do that because i know sometimes authors and illustrators don't really communicate that closely it's not it doesn't work quite that way. Yeah, well, with, I think Cat Dog Dog was perhaps different. I mean, I've had other experiences with, I have a, a board book series coming out in the UK uh, with Studio Press. The first two books are coming out in the summer and then the next two books next summer. So we finished the uh, the production. And with that one, I never even, I have not spoken with the, I've never met the illustrator. So that was completely different than with Andrea because with Andrea I had I made a little a sketch for myself so that I knew what was going on with the story so I could have it you know work for me just writing it and then I had this I mean it was very unimpressive you know <laughs> but I had a little dummy for myself and then I could share it with Andrea but with my other experiences now I have a, a few books coming out and yeah usually you you definitely don't pick who you're going to work with. Some are more open to kind of yay or nay. Does this 
resonate with you, usually, yes, it's going to resonate. Uh, especially if like, I don't want to be a problematic person and I trust the, I think it's really important to give some of that uh, artistic vision to share it with your editor and to trust them with their, their vision of the project. So in this, this board book series called, it's called the can't do series. Yeah. I never met the, the illustrator. I hope to meet her one day, but certainly with the pandemic, that's not happening anytime soon, but it would, it would always, I did have a lot of input though. And it was through, through the editor. And that was fantastic. Yeah. I, that's what I had read that often that's that often, and I shouldn't say often, but that it can be that way as well, where you don't have direct contact, but that it's this work that you do sort of together through an editor, which I, I just find that whole thing fascinating because, you know, picture books, I mean, you know, you have to do a lot in basically 32 pages. So it's this idea that the two primary people that create this piece of art don't really necessarily communicate directly. So I think that's kind of fascinating. So, yeah. And I mean, and I really want to give credit to, to the designers too, because I mean, there's so many people who come in with who, who make this book happen. Right. So even with cat dog dog, I was very involved in the beginning, but once, but then I didn't really hear much for, for a few months because they were all busy doing their thing. And then, you know, they're like, oh, we have the cover, boom, does this work? And it's more like if they came into difficulties that they would ask me what I was, what I would think about this or that. Yeah. So you had, so you had some input then say in the cover work that maybe like on the end pages, because I love the end pages too, because you see, I think you see the one dog at the beginning and then at the end you see all three of them together. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that actually I would say, I mean, I can't, I have to say it sometimes I can't remember exactly because there've been so many emails, but they were more, I would say they were very, they really got it, which was just so cool. They really understood uh, what, what I was trying to do uh, with, with the word, you know, by putting for the kind of questions that would be asked for me would be like, do you want to do all caps for the cat dog dog for those words that we're going to keep using in different combinations or do you think you know and then i could have this like whole philosophical explanation why caps all caps is really important because you know whatever <laughs> so. that's incredible yeah now i think you kind of answered this a little bit because you, you the two of you were able to collaborate but i wondered you did have an idea in your head what the story would look like so at the end of the day when you saw it did it match kind of what you had in your mind then Oh yeah, totally. It was, it was trippy. It was like exactly, exactly what I had hoped and, and even better because she, Andrea was, because yeah, as I said, we, I had this like this little dummy and that was more to just show the positionings in accordance with the words because it's such a particular book that has, as we said, like three words or four words used. There were a lot of questions like, so, for example, you're going to have the three, the three animals are all um, sleeping together in one little bed, right? Like, where do the boards go? Why is the, is it right below the character? Is it mixed up and all this? So, and then I had to get in this whole thing where, to me, it was a lot about rhythm for, for the humor of it. And for, I mean, the poetry, I had like all this stuff that most people reading it are never going to think 
they're just gonna be like, oh, it's, you know, it's, fun. it's cute. It's funny. But there was so much thought that went into this one. And she was able to, to really to just get it. And so did the editor, you know, just really get what I was trying to do. Yeah, I am a voracious reader of the Horn book, which really is this great literary journal for uh, children's literature. And I think when I became a youth librarian, I sort of that became my Bible. And that's when I learned what goes into making picture books, the art artistry and exactly kind of what you're talking about that, you know, a lot of us pick it up. We look through it. We go, ha ha, funny. And then you set it aside. But when you really take time to look at it and think about the decisions, because I often look at it that way and think about the decisions that went into it. And well, why is it this way versus this way? And I think those of us who really, because I'm an adult with no children. So I love picture books because of the artistry of them and not just because I'm going to read them to a child and we'll get a laugh out of it. But I have to say my favorite part, and I will not give anything away because it's the part where I laughed. I literally turned the page and laughed out loud at the part where uh, the cat is about to, it, the cat sees the bird out the window. And then the next page, oh my gosh, I, I literally, I mean, I laughed out loud. And I thought that is what made that book for me like, my favorite book of 2020 and 2021 so far, because I just thought it was so brilliant because every pet owner understands that moment in on the next mm. page. Right. I just love that. That was just brilliant. So. Thank you. The interesting thing for me with picture books also is working with humor and that balance of what you're talking about with the cat moment. It's that the play between anticipation and expectation Right. So you're, you're seeing that cat, you know, what's, you just know something is about to happen, you know, but you're not necessarily entirely sure what's going to happen. And so it's playing with those two, you know, kind of facets of the human brain and how we, how we process information. And I think picture books are just so incredible for that because well, one of my treasured moments was when I showed the book to a friend of mine, who's a film director, and he really looked at it kind of like how you're talking about just really as a, a product and ha as a finished, you know, as an entity. And he had, you know, these comments, the same kind of comments. Uh, and that really spoke to me because if you can see it as, as basically something that, that came out of nothing and that it makes perfect sense and it, and it has a beginning and middle and, and it's all contained in these 36 something pages. Um, I think you're, the respect for it really grows. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Now, when you finally had that copy in hand, when you finally had it and you saw the whole finished product, did you expect that it would do it would be so well received because you've won you've you've been on so many notable lists and everything. So if you want to talk about a few of those things that have recognized your work, but did you expect it to have that kind of reaction? I don't think I expected anything because I was just so happy that it was existing in the world. And because it's my, it is my first. So I didn't really know what the milestones are. I didn't really know what you're supposed to, you know, the lists that are, that are great to be on or who reads those lists. Or So now we're on you know, Chicago Public Library's best of the year. I mean, Amazon picked us for best of, for three to five-year-olds. We had the CCBC, the ALSC best of, Iowa Public Radio picked us. So I actually got to just learn so much about the industry also through, through this book coming out. And I'm just so, I'm just so grateful for that. Yeah. 
Well, the one thing I'm sad about because I think and I where is Andrea from? Is she She's in the San Diego area. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wonder yeah, I wondered if um because I know for the Caldecott Award, which is the major award for picture books in the mm-hmm. United States, you have to be but you are also a US citizen, right? Yep, I am. Hmm. Well, I wonder why you guys didn't get on the Caldecott list. Well, we will have to look into that. I don't know why y'all didn't. You know, I can't express how appreciative I am of the people out there, the librarians who have championed this book and, you know, people like you who, as I said, really get it because some people don't get it (laughs) and some people do. And for example, we had Shelf Awareness wrote this, this review where they said it was a picture book magnum opus and that just meant so much because her review was so, it was about how the words work with the pictures. And she, she said, just seemed to really understand that we were trying to do something different and because it's not wordless. So that was, that was a big thing where I definitely did not want to lose the words. There was talk at some point where we, they were thinking maybe just go fully wordless, which has been done before, but this where you're really just using a few words, it's quite rare. I don't even know if it has been done. So to get the kind of recognition where people see it as just like one, like a first of its kind type of recognition, which is really cool. Well, and it's interesting because that's exactly what the Caldecott is all about, which is it's it's an award for, for the best picture book. And so the idea is to see the melding of the words and the images and what makes a great truly great picture book. So uh, anyway, I and I'm not sure because the book was published last year. So now I'm not sure if, if, if like, I don't remember how the cycle works for Cal- Caldecott. So maybe that's still an option for this, for this year. I don't know. But anyway, because I know they give the award out in January. So all I'm saying is you should have been, at least if not the winner, you should have been an honor book for sure. And in, in my personal opinion. So anyway, oh, thank you. But, but you have had some great, great reviews. But then I wondered if you've received any letters or emails from young readers, because I know sometimes, and I realize your audience generally doesn't have the ability to write letters yet, probably. But I just wondered if you've had feedback from readers. Well, that's exactly it. So um, they are not usually of age yet, but their parents are. <laughs> so I've got, I've had uh, a few videos, which it's just so wonderful because they're kind of the purest form of appreciation since the kids don't know the parents are even recording. Oh. And um, yeah, so I've had a few uh, I had this one little girl who who decided to mix the Gruffalo and Cat Dog Dog. So she had her <laughs> own interpretation. And then this little kid, really little, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I don't even know if he's one years old, but uh, just always picking the book out every night or every, you know, oh. late afternoon before going to sleep. So that it just those little things are just so just so meaningful. And um, I mean, I would really love to, you know, get one of those traditional letters or emails, but mostly it's been these videos and they've been wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I know, because when you get to get some sense of what your readers are thinking, that that's just the best. And and so, well, our last question is just currently, are you working on your next book or what do you have planned? You kind of mentioned it a little bit, but my I'm wondering too, if, is this going to be a direction that you'll go, you'll jump in more fully and maybe be, you know, be doing that? I mean, I know you said you're a scriptwriter, but are you thinking about 
continuing, hopefully, to uh, do this work in this art form. Yeah, I I know. Even as I said, I'm a scriptwriter. I'm actually equally, if not spending you know more time on picture books. So uh, books, but but majorly picture books at this point. And because I really, there's something about the the form that I really I really love. So I love that it's just you can't the ego of the author has no place. You know, it's just really you cannot for one moment get distracted with your own if you have any other agenda but the story. So I love how it really keeps me in a in a nice in a good place just even in my mind when I have to structure these stories. As you said, yeah, I have this board book series coming out in the UK. Um, my next book in the States is called How to Train Your Pet Brain. So clearly I like pets. And it's got art by Amy Ginger and it's coming out with Beaming Books. And that one's more, of, I'd say, like a nonfiction. It's a mindfulness book, but it's using humor because I've seen so many of these you know, wonderful books about mindfulness, but they tend to be a little bit on the serious side. So I was trying to find a way to make it more, uh, more accessible to, to children and interested adults. <laughs> now, will that be a picture book or will that, you're yes. saying it's a, okay, got it. Yeah. These are all picture books. And then, yeah. And I have three, three more coming out and hopefully one of them should be with Andrea, but I can't yet announce them, but I can't wait to announce them. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, I one of the things I loved recently on your Instagram page, uh, Andrea did an illustration where she put you with cat, dog, dog. And I just thought, what a wonderful piece of artwork for you to have, because it just it was just adorable. She just did such a beautiful job on that. Oh, so oh, I think I cried when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. It was beautiful. Nellie, thank you so much for meeting with us today, all the way from Berlin. And we hope that uh, when the other books are out, that you'll chat with us again, because this has been a wonderful opportunity to, you're our first uh, youth author to talk to. And I'm just, like I said, as a former youth librarian, I'm just so fascinated by your craft and, and the way you all make us as adults and children just enjoy the work so much. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. And it's really I mean, we didn't touch upon this too much, but the pandemic's been pretty hard as a debut author. And it's people like you who made the year, you know, okay and even great. So thank you so much for for supporting me. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll, we'll see you again in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe and tell all your friends about Canada Reads American Style. Bye.